This is Jared and Dale with MetalSpeak.com. We're here with Alex Webster, the Mighty Cannibal Corpse. Hey, hey man. Great, guys. Thanks for having me here oh, today. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. No problem. So you're out on the uh, the Summer Slaughter tour. That's correct. How's the uh, how's the tour going so far? Um, it's been really good. You know, it's um, oh geez, we're pretty much in the final week here, and it's been um, it's been it's been a great tour so far. It's um. A variety tour you know what I mean it's not we, we do a lot of tours that are mainly death metal maybe with like a black metal band thrown in or, or a grindcore band but generally our tours when we're out headlining something like this it'll be um, you know mostly geared towards our scene so to have something where we're playing a tour with between the buried and me is direct support who are very progressive you know it's it's a really cool and different thing for us it's um an opportunity that we wouldn't normally get like I mean if we were doing a four band tour we wouldn't probably be able to make it work with bands that are so diverse but by having it be a long full day tour we can have you know everything from really old school stuff like exhumed all the way up to the most cutting edge mo cutting edge modern modern metal like on um, Veil of Maya or whatever you know so it's been, it's been working out really well we've had a great time yeah. Thirty bands in the bill that like you hadn't heard before that just really blew you away, or um, well, between the buried and me, I had heard of and not really seen them or listened to them though. You know what I mean? So being able to actually watch them every night, they're on right before us. So a lot of the time, I'm backstage playing, warming up while they're playing, and I'll take a break and go watch a song or two. And they're really great. You know, I'm definitely going to be buying albums from those guys yeah. at the end of the tour. And, um, yeah, Periphery was really cool too. Um, they're not on the tour at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, I believe there was a family, a family emergency. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed them, and I hadn't heard them, you know, other than like one song or whatever before the tour. So it's um, it's been cool. I'm very open-minded when it comes to metal. Like to me, if it's you know killer metal and it's done done well, there's a good chance I'm going to like it, no matter what type it is. Um, I'd say for sure on the tour, my favorite band's Goat Whore. That's yeah. just right up my alley, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like the stuff that sounds like the stuff I got into in the mid-80s. You know, they're sort of a mix of a lot of that older kind of stuff, older black metal, death metal kind of stuff. A little bit of thrash peppered in there. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. Yeah, I mean, back in the... That's the cool thing about them is um, back in the old days, really, all of that stuff was the same. You know, I, I remember in 1985 like having a, you know buying a Sodom record and not being sure exactly what to call it it's thrash it's death it's black all at the same time back then there were things got much more defined in the 90s you know the separation back then it was all just you know like people said possessed was a thrash man as some people said they were a death metal band some people said they were a black metal band so that I like that that that's represented on this tour yeah. through those guys goat whore you know like you, like I said, you got the most modern stuff that's brand new, a brand new sounds of metal on this tour, and then you've got some really old school stuff, you know, and all areas of extreme metal seem to be represented on this. It's cool, yeah. for sure. So what do you, on that note, I mean, what do you make of this just can kind of continual fragmentation of the metal genres? They just seem to get more specific and more defined. I mean, what's your take on that? I, I think it's fine as long as, um, you know, I think it's great. I just hope that people don't fragment it and feel like they only should listen to their own little fragment because that makes the scene weak. I think the scene stays strong with a lot of variety, but um, hopefully the fans don't, you know, 
go get too narrow-minded about it, you know, because you don't want to have um, hundreds tiny scenes that are that can't sustain themselves. Right. You know, you'd rather have one. That, I just would like to have the the whole metal scene just be the metal scene, and then you know, you can like you know. You can have have a fan who likes Morbid Angel, but he also likes you know System of a Down or whatever, and then he right. and he likes Between the Buried and Me, and also likes um, Immortal. You know, I don't see why there's any why that can't happen, and I do see it with a lot of fans. I'll meet fans that have really diverse tastes, and that's that's how I am, and I th I think that's healthy for the scene for there to be a lot of variety. You know, keeps it exciting. As long as we don't divide ourselves too much, so then you've got a whole bunch of tours out there that are drawing 20 people a night. You right, know, yeah, <laughs> that's right. not what we want. What kind of stuff do you listen to outside of metal? Um, mostly, you know, stuff that's um, kind of technically challenging. You know, a lot of times I'll check out something just because I heard the bass player was really good. A lot of jazz fusion I checked out for that reason, and then I ended up actually enjoying that kind of stuff. I've been listening to jazz fusion kind of stuff for like 20 years on and off, and Mostly, I end up just going back and listening to the '70s bands, you know, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Return to Forever, um, Weather Report. I listen to those three yeah. pretty often, and I have a lot of friends who are into that kind of stuff as well. And you know, we'll check out that kind of stuff together or whatever. You know, they'll get me into it. I like Steve Morse a lot. Some of his stuff's borderline metal, anyhow, depending on how you define metal. He's got some heavy riffs on his records. Um, really like Steve Moore's band. Dave LaRue is an amazing bass player and influence for sure. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm definitely like a music nerd kind of dude. Yeah. You know, no two ways about it, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I'll check out anything that's good. I still listen to a lot of old hard rock too, like Van Halen and ACDC. And I love Rush. Yeah. And I don't think Rush necessarily qualifies being metal. So I'd say they're hard rock, progressive hard rock. Progressive, hard, classic rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Rush, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I listen to all kinds of stuff. Definitely, I'm a music geek all the way. Yeah. Have you checked out any of um, Evan Brewer's uh, solo I got stuff? his solo album. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that I, guy's <laughs> yeah he's, he's right there with, with all the greats, man. He's yeah. an amazing yeah. bass player. You know, right. um, there's a bunch of massive talent on this tour. I mean, you got, like, um, you know, Dan in between the barrier to me. I mean, and just beyond just bass players you know there's just a bunch of talented people on this tour so it's been it's been a lot of fun it's yeah. just it's exciting you know because you got this wide variety of music and then everybody's doing it at a high level you know yeah. so it's it's exciting very cool so you guys released torture a few months ago yes I was say, what kind of feedback are you guys getting everybody so seems to like it i mean you know Mostly anybody that's going to talk to us about it is going to have something positive to say. You know, it's very rare that you're going to meet someone who's going to come up and say, wow, I just don't like this record. You know, usually they'll just keep it to themselves if they don't like it. So I'm sure there's some people out there that don't like it, but anybody we talk to has been saying that they really like it a lot. And, um, it's it's good to hear that. I, I, I think that we did do a pretty good job on this record as far as making each song have its own individual character that's something we always try to do but I think we're learning as the years go by we're, we're getting better and better at making albums that have a good up and down sort of flow to them where you can listen to the whole record and find it interesting from start to finish instead of sort of getting beaten into submission by hearing songs that are the exact same tempo 
yeah. the whole record. You know, we've tried to vary the tempos, mid-tempo, some very slow stuff once yeah. in a while, and, and then of course a bunch of fast stuff too, because that's our, you know, that's our specialty for sure, is playing, you know, fast, you know, like thrash-based death metal or whatever. I mean, we come from a point of view as far as our death metal, just to not digress too much here, but, um, you know, the kind of bands that influence Cannibal Corpse style of death metal are the faster proto-death thrash bands like Creator's Pleasure to Kill Records, Sodom Obsessed by Cruelty, um, Possessed Seven Churches, actually all the Possessed stuff was a big influence, Death, Scream Bloody Gore, you know, these are all bands that were very fast. They, right. they influenced our music quite a bit more than other bands that we did enjoy a lot, like Celtic Frost. We love Celtic Frost, but I don't think that their influence was as big on yeah. us as the faster ones, Dark Angel, Slayer, that was more of an influence for sure. So that's still going to be our bread and butter, but we don't mind mixing in, you know, some slower things here and there to make the albums just have a good up and down kind of thing. You know, yeah. I think it's helpful. Yeah, yeah, something that really struck me on the new one, that especially because we saw you guys out in the Springs in April um, mm. on the 420 show. Okay, yeah, Scourge of Iron. Yeah, and there was just a couple of songs that, because usually when a new album comes out, it takes me a while to kind of develop that familiarity, I think just because we listen yeah. to like so much stuff, but there were so many like instantly recognizable songs from the new album that would just, yeah. they really stick to the ribs. Good, so good. Yeah, that Scourge of Iron, that's when you mentioned the slower tempos, like at first I was like, wow, this is like so slow, but it, like it, it really is catchy, I was I was really glad Thanks. you guys played it at that 420 show and Thanks. Yeah, well, it really comes across like good live, I think. Thank you. Yeah, it'll probably stay in the set for quite a while. I mean, the when you're playing a long set, which we usually do. Tonight it's only an hour, but normally we play like an hour and 20 minutes when we headline. This is a longer tour, so yeah. our set's supposed to be a little shorter. But um, it's really nice to have those peaks and valleys as far as tempos go. Um, it just it's tough you know I've seen bands that are fast where every song is just hyper blasting and I love that kind of stuff but it is difficult for those bands to really do an hour-long set without it just being numbing right you know which maybe is what they're going for which right. is fine you know but for us we do want a dynamic kind of you know inch something a set that's really interesting even if it's the first time you've heard those songs like yeah. you were saying we, we try and handpick all of the songs that are going to be ones that stick with you immediately you know some are going to be better than others in that regard but that's what we try to do when we're putting the set together and make it something that is memorable and exciting and the time goes by fast you know yeah. i want people to be like wow that was an hour and 15 minutes yeah. didn't feel like it yeah instead of that i don't want them looking at their watch and we've only been playing a half yeah. hour and they're like holy crap <laughs> yeah and once it's going to end, you know, I don't want that. Yeah. When you put yeah. the set list together, does, does there a lot of back and forth, or does everybody pretty much agree on, like, oh, yeah, good call, good call, good yeah, call? We do, we do go back and forth a bit because, you know, everybody likes different songs, and it's hard, man. I mean, we got 12 studio albums now, plus some EPs where we had some, you know, covers and original material on those, so it's kind of hard to um, whittle it down to that short of a... I mean, we have hours and hours of music probably like eight solid hours of music or something right. like that and we have to whittle it down to an hour that also includes talking between songs and stuff like that so um, it ends up being you know like tonight's 15 songs it'll usually be 20 you know 18 to 20 songs um, when we headline it's hard we yeah. want to represent each album too that's the tricky thing we 
it always bugged all of us, I think, when we were younger to go see a band and they just completely neglect certain albums. And so we've really tried hard to have each album represented. Tonight we are missing, I think, three records. We just couldn't do it in yeah. an hour and yeah. still do justice to the new record. Right. So um, we're skipping a few, but in general, when we headline, we try and have a song from each album in the set. Yeah. At least one from each album. Which albums are you skipping? Um, tonight, there's no song from the Wretched Spawn, Gore Obsessed, or Gallery of Suicide. Actually, I was not going to guess Wretched Spawn, but I guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those ones are a little, you know, I mean, I love those records, you know, of course, we, we put a lot of sweat into every single record we did, and we consider all of them the best thing that we could have done at that time. Um, but we just there's certain albums that have some really important songs like we got a couple songs from kill in the set just because it's a little bit of a newer album and a lot of people really liked it like same thing for evisceration plague we got a couple songs from that so it's, it's just hard you know it's hard to put together a set that features all 12 albums and in the space of one hour yeah you know and we do want it we're playing four songs from torture tonight and we didn't want to cut down to only like two songs from Torture. I mean, that's yeah. the album we're out here supporting. So, yeah. you know, we just had to miss those ones. But they'll be back in the set for the headliner that yeah. we do, for sure. Cool. So you guys got something coming up later this year? Or um, nothing, about right now? nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do um, in, I think, November and December, but it won't be going to any of the Summer Slaughter cities, as far as I know, yeah. or, or maybe only one or two of them. It's hard. I don't know all of the dates offhand. But we are working on doing something, and you know it's a good five months away. So, yeah. um, but it will be more like what they call secondary markets. Like I'm pretty sure we're playing um, the ones that popped in my head right now. I think we're playing Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and um, Madison, Wisconsin, which is fun because those aren't places. I mean, we've never been to Eau Claire, and we've only been to Madison like once. So yeah. when we're playing all of the really big cities now, and then we'll probably play some small ones, you know, later in the year. And that's kind of what we did on the April tour with them, Abysmal Dawn and Exhumed and Archaic. Right. That's why we were in Colorado Springs instead yeah. of Denver. Right. I mean, right. this tour probably didn't... I'm sure there was something where they just didn't want us playing those cities so, so close to this tour. That wouldn't make sense, you right. know. So, um, yeah, but we like to go everywhere. It's really fun. Like, when you play someplace where... Nobody goes. I mean, pretty much every one of those shows, like we played Grand Junction. Yeah. And with so many fans were just coming up to me and saying, thanks for coming yeah. here. Nobody yeah. comes here, really, right. you know, right. so thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> it's fun, and we'll try and get to those places as often as we can because it's just, it's a blast. Yeah. yeah. It's always crazy. You know, when, they, when they said you guys are coming to the Sheep, I was like floored. I was like, yeah, I was like shit. Yeah. That place <laughs> is too small for animal corps. <laughs> yeah. That was a good night. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. You know, that's the place that used to be called in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it used to be called Pure Energy. Right. Yep. And we have played there in the past. Yeah. I remember the building, you know, but it was called something else. Yep. Yep. Pure, Energy. Pure Energy. And so, um, you know, we still kind of play the same level of places we always did. It's been cool for us, you know, because we've got this career where we're able to make a living, but yet it hasn't gotten so big or out of control that we deal with the same kind of stuff that huge bands have to deal with. So we're able to make a living, but still do it in a way that we're comfortable with. You know, like we're playing still, we're still playing relatively small clubs and that's where we feel most comfortable. You know, I, I like having the audience 
be very close when I'm playing, yeah. and that's definitely the case. Yeah. <laughs> what's it, the black sheep? Yeah, yeah, black sheep now. Now. yeah, I love that kind of stuff, you know. So I, I wouldn't want us to not be able. I, I wouldn't want us to play some huge civic center in Colorado yeah. Springs. I'd rather play that place. Yeah, you know, that's nice. it's just more fun <laughs> for me personally. Yeah. So <laughs> on that note, I mean, do you did did you think you know twenty twenty five years ago that you'd still be doing this and still I mean. No way, no, no. <laughs> we couldn't have imagined it. And, and you know, the, I'll give an answer that I've kind of given before, but it, it makes sense to give it again, I guess. Is think about where our heads were, you know. I mean, like, people ask me, could you have predicted it? And I think they know the answer, too. Of course not. Of course right. we couldn't have predicted it. We were all young. I was 19. And at that time, the biggest death metal band was definitely Death. And they were on leprosy, I think, or maybe spiritual healing was just coming out around the time that we got signed. So they were, like, on their third album. Um, possessed were already broke up I think by that point but death was around and they were the biggest death metal band and you know they were just barely even going to Europe to do tours by then you know what I mean it was still there was certainly no precedent for a 25-year career there was nobody to look up to and say wow we're, we could do that too you right. know because everything was still at such an underground level at that time so you know none of the bands uh, I mean that even the ones that we were looking up to like death or possessed none of them had even really been around for very long at yeah. that point um and it, really 1988 when we got together even heavy metal had only been around for 20 years depending upon when you consider it having started so right. for us to if you would have told me then oh yeah you're gonna have this 25 year long career or maybe even more i just wouldn't have believed i would have laughed right in your face and been like yeah i'll be like whatever selling insurance and something or something like that when yeah. i'm in my mid-30s and maybe if we're lucky we'll with cannibal now we'll put out a record and maybe get a tour or something yeah. that's all we were hoping to do like let's make an album maybe we can tour you know we wanted to succeed but we didn't know what that was you know what what's success in death metal i guess just being able to do it without having to do a day job, job. that was yeah. kind of the goal i right. guess and we were able to get to that point and then we just kept that going and here we are 25 years yeah. later but sure as hell couldn't have ever predicted that yeah <coughs> excuse me <laughs> no worries i was kind of curious um was was guitar ever an option for you or was it always bass i tried playing guitar a little bit when i was like six years old oh, yeah. i always wanted to play something when you know when i was a little kid i messing around with drumsticks and stuff like that you know because my dad was in a you know scottish pipe band you know like were um, a little bit Scottish on his side of the family, so and he just liked that kind of music, so he joined one of those bands and learned to play the pipes. And I liked the drums, like the just the way that the snare drum and everything sounded yeah. in the um, in the pipe band. So I was messing around with that a little bit just when I was a tiny little kid, and then I tried playing guitar a little bit for a couple months, and I just sort of gave up on it and went about my business and you know, played soccer and went to school and did all the stuff you do, and then. Around the time I was 13 or 14, I decided to try playing bass. I also did get an electric guitar too and messed around a little, but I couldn't really play it. Bass just became the focus. You know, it seemed to me like at first I gotta be honest. I've always been, I've always looked at guitars being so difficult that I thought, oh, well, maybe bass I could actually do it. I love how it sounds. I love that low sound. You know. So I'll try that. That might be something I could actually do. Like if you look at Van Halen 
and you're a guy who doesn't know how to play anything at all, which seems more reasonable? Right. To do Michael Anthony's <laughs> job or to do Eddie Van Halen's <laughs> job? You know, and, and being that kind of a guy, I thought, huh, I think I could do what Michael Anthony's doing. I'm not sure if I could do what Eddie Van Halen does, no matter how much I practice. You know what I mean? So I, I went into it as, as being a modest goal to learn how to play bass well enough to play in a band. And, then as I got better, I ended up making it so hard on myself. <laughs> you know? See, now I, you're like the Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. Yeah, I know, like, exactly. I wound up really, really uh, taking it a lot farther. You know, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. Who knows? But yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did. Cool, cool. But yeah, yeah I mean, bass players all over the world are glad you did. That's cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, I. It's probably from, um, you know. That maybe that Billy Sheehan influence or something. Just, I mean, that's a guy who's playing the instrument with no boundaries, right. and that had a big impact on me. I saw, like I, I started around 1984 playing bass. I think it was like October of '84 or something. I really started, I bought a bass and started taking lessons. And um, that year, I saw in 1984, I saw Chris Squire play with Yes. I saw Yes. And I saw um, Getty Lee play with Rush for the Grace Under Pressure tour. Those, those both shows were in 1984. And then in 1985, I saw Iron Maiden play. And for that particular show, um, the opener was Talus, which is Billy Sheehan's old band. So I got to see Steve Harris and Billy Sheehan the same night. So I got to see all these legends <clears throat> yeah. right when I first started playing bass. And it definitely had an impact. Looking back at it, I mean, that was my idea. That's what bass can do like yeah. what Steve Harris is doing what Billy Sheehan's doing I mean what and what Getty Lee you know Chris Squire I really I'm, I feel very fortunate that I got to see players like that at such a formative point in my um, as, as you know in my career as a musician yeah. I mean it was just the very beginning and I got to see some of the true masters of the of the instrument so um, I'm, I guess it had an impact yeah. you know because I just <laughs> saw that and I'm like oh that most people didn't you know start playing bass and see Billy Sheehan right. immediately yeah. you know what I mean they so I immediately knew oh a bass can do that right it's not impossible 20 years ago before 20 years you know if I'd started playing bass in 1964 I would have had no idea a bass yeah. could do anything like that so yeah I grew up without feeling like there were limits and that you know probably dictated how I ended up playing yeah very cool I think that's probably uh, twenty cool. minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Actually, I don't have an interview afterwards, so I wasn't. Yeah. I figured I'll just do some long answers uh, because <laughs> you guys are my last interview. Of the no, day, that's fine. We love it's it. Good for us. You know? Making our job easy. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I know how easy it is to edit things in Pro Tools. So yeah. if, I, if anything's going too long, just no, no, splice no. it out. No, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Great.